Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. church today and here's what I want you to do I want you to stay standing because we're going to jump right into part two of our series but I just want to look right at the camera I want to greet all of our locations and just say I'm glad you're here North Tampa I'm glad you're here and in St. Pete and Brandon and Heights and those in South Tampa those in Overflow those that are watching online you picked a great day to be at church happy Mother's Day my name is Aaron Burke and I'm the lead pastor here at Radiant Church and we're going to dive into part two of a series that we are calling battle ready say battle ready and we're gonna help you over this next few weeks to get to get ready to walk in victory in every area of your life and I don't know what you're battling with today but I'm telling you there's victory on the other side of it so we're going verse by verse through the book of Ephesians chapter 6 so we are reading it out loud together so I want you to help me especially in all of our locations you're gonna see it on the screen it maybe it's a little hard to read for some of you guys on the screen you can pull out the sermon notes or follow along on that app you can read it right out loud but I want us to say it together the whole goal over this series is that this this passage would not just be familiar to you but would be really life-changing as you've read it as you've dissected it as you learn from it and it really helps you walk in victory so let's read it together we're gonna start in verse 10 finally be strong in the Lord and his mighty power put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil and the heavenly realms Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with a breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Can we give God praise for his word? Amen. If you missed week one, we talked about fight prep from verses uh, 10 and 11. Today, we're going to talk about verse 12. I just want you to see it one more time because I think it's going to change some people's lives. It says it like this, for our struggle, it's not against him. It's not against her. It's not against your in-laws. It's not against your neighbor. It's not against your boss. It's not against your your, your ex-fiance. No, 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 no. But your struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. If you're going to take some notes today, you're going to hear this phrase over and over again. It's the title of today's message, and it's simply this. The struggle is spiritual. The struggle is spiritual. I'm going to help some people today that you've been fighting the wrong thing, and you're going to get victorious today as you realize the struggle is spiritual. Lord, speak to us today. Let us leave here in just a few minutes at all of our locations, forever changed. Thank you that there's not one person that walked into this service by accident or coincidence. There's destiny on the other side. Lord, as we find out who this enemy is and the keys that you've given us to walk in victory, I pray that we would leave here in a few minutes 
totally transformed by your power. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, amen. You can be seated at all of our locations. The struggle is spiritual. The struggle is spiritual. I told you guys as we go verse by verse through this passage that we want to ask some important questions if we're going to learn something from a new passage of scripture. And so as I read through the Bible, I always ask three questions. I gave this to you in week one, which by the way, if you missed week one, you can find it on YouTube. But I really want to help you with this because the three questions I ask is the first is I want to know who the author is. And I put a space there in your notes so that you can write it in. Obviously, God inspired the scripture, but he uses, used people. And the author of this passage is a guy by the name of Paul. We learned last week when he was a guy that hated Christians, but then he became one. And God used him to do incredible things, to plant churches and to be a leader in the, in the first church there, in the first century church. And it was incredible, his influence. He was a very brilliant man, which I think is important for you to understand. You can be educated and a Christian. Paul knew uh, three different languages, and he wrote a third of what we would call the New Testament today. And he wrote it to different audiences. Now, it's important to know that Paul did not write the this passage going, oh man, this is going to be chapter two of the Bible. No, no, no. He wasn't doing that. He was writing these as letters to churches. And this letter was written, and you can write it in your notes, as who is the audience? It's Christians in a city called Ephesus. And there was this big light bulb moment that happened last week where there were so many people that had the epiphany to realize, wait, the book is called Ephesians because it was written to people called that were in this town called Ephesus. So that is why he wrote it to these Christians and he was helping them strengthen this thriving church. That is why the book of Ephesians is one of my favorites in all of the Bible. And in chapter six, we see the context of this passage and the context is this topic that we're dealing with called spiritual warfare. I'm presenting to you guys a case that there's more going on behind the scenes of your life than you realize. There's a real enemy that is really on the attack against your life and we're trying to expose him and find out how you can defeat him in your life. It reminds me of a story where Satan appeared to a small town congregation. Everybody started screaming and running for the front door, trampling each other in a frantic effect, um, effort to get out. Soon everyone was gone except for an elderly gentleman who sat calmly in that front row. Satan walked up to him and said, don't you know who I am? The man replied, yep, sure do. Satan asked, well, aren't you going to run? Nope, sure ain't. And Satan asked, well, why aren't you afraid of me? The man responded, there's no need. Been married to your sister for 48 years. <laughs> That's funny right there. <laughs> you know, this idea of, a, of an enemy, of a demon, of, of, of Satan has kind of been trivialized in our society. But I want to kind of give you the idea and the, the thought that what you're going through is more spiritual than you think. And this enemy really is on the attack against your life. This became so real to Katie and I when we moved here. We moved here in 2013 to launch Radiant Church. We just had a dream in our heart this plan from God to move to a city that we really didn't know anybody in. And so we were living in Lakeland with my in-laws. And now I love my in-laws. I know they watch these messages, so I celebrate y'all. Happy Mother's Day. But, but let, let me know, like family's awesome. You just don't want to live with them. And so I was living with them and, and you know, sleeping on, on their furniture and, and trying to do life with them. And it was just, it was a tough season. I was driving every day 
here to Tampa, trying to meet some people. I'd show up to random Chick-fil-A's because I knew that's where young families are at. And I'm sitting by the playground and just like, hi, can I get to know you? And they're like, this is weird. I don't know if we want to meet this guy. So I, I had, the, it was a very tough time. We didn't have any money. We both had quit our jobs and it was a very tense time. And you know, marriage is always full of tense moments. If you don't argue a little bit in your marriage, you don't have a normal marriage. Like it's weird to me when, you know, young couples come in and they're doing like, you know, pre-marriage counseling. I used to do a lot of that. Thank God I don't do it anymore. Um, all the, the people I did pre-marriage counsel to, they, they got a divorce. So I was like, I'm not good at this. I'm going to give a professional that I'm going to do this to. So learn my strengths. So anyway, um, that's weird to say. So I, I like, I, they would come into my office and they'd be like, I'm like, what do y'all fight about? Oh, we don't fight about anything. We're just so in love. I was like, y'all are weird. Marriage has some tension. Marriage has some fights. But how many know there's like normal arguments and then there's like the other level. And Katie and I went to this next level. I don't think we've ever done it in our entire life until this season where it became really, really intense moments of arguing. I mean, fighting over dumb stuff and just, just moments where we just could not get over it. We had like an agreement in our marriage that we would never go to bed angry. So during that time, we go three or four days without sleeping. How many know what I'm talking about right there? <laughs> It's just, it was a tough time. And I remember us in the midst of this moment where we are arguing and, and talking to each other in ways that you should never talk to each other. And we were driving through Lakeland. I remember going from one meeting to the next there in Lakeland. And as we were driving in the car together, we're just arguing like crazy. And we finally pull over the car. It's actually in a church parking lot there in Lakeland. And as we're arguing, we finally had this epiphany. And I'm sure it was her that had the epiphany. She's way more spiritual than I am. And had this moment to say, wait, wait, wait. What if, what if what we're arguing about is not really the issue? What if the way you talk to me or the way you responded on the text or what you're upset about is really not what's going on? What if there's a real enemy that really hates us that really wants this church to not start because he knows the potential on the other side and the only way he can destroy it is by destroying our marriage. What if that's the case? And when we had this epiphany, the light bulb turned on and we realized the struggle is more spiritual than we thought. And if we can't beat this thing in the spiritual, we'll never beat it in the natural. I'm going to talk to some parents, some people that are married, some people that are single here today, some people that are battling some addiction, and you think the fight is all in the flesh. Let me tell you today, the struggle is more spiritual than you think. You will never win in the natural if you don't first fight this thing in the spiritual and see victory in your life. The struggle is spiritual. This is what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. He says, for our struggle is not against, let me just put in some words here. The landlord is not your issue. The boss is not your issue. The spouse isn't the problem. The kids aren't the problem. Your ex isn't the issue. Can I go real? The Republicans are not your problem. The Democrats are not the issue. It's not Trump's fault, it's not Biden's fault. Can I just be very real with you? This war is more spiritual than you think it is. And the church will always be a defeated group if we are fighting a war in the natural that God has called us to fight in the spiritual. He says your struggle's not against flesh and blood. 
It's against rulers and authorities and the powers of the dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. We have to identify who this enemy is. Paul wrote on in the book of 2 Corinthians to a church in Corinth, another letter he wrote. And he said, for though we live in the world, let me just remind you that we do not wage war the way the world does. So you're in here today and you go, well, of course we don't. Nobody's walking around and with guns in their hand going, okay, we're not gonna wage war the way the world does. I don't think this is the posture of war, war right now. Let me tell you how the world wages war. It's not this, it's this. Can I be real with you? Oh man, wait till I share this post. This is really gonna get them right now. Wait till how people get so upset about, oh, I'm gonna prove them wrong. Here I go. We don't wage war the way the world does. You see, you're trying to fight a battle the way the world fights it. The, wor- the world fights it by texting and by social media and by canceling people. We fight it with different weapons that God gives us. And so many people aren't finding victory because they're fighting it with natural weapons and wondering, why am I not seeing my kids get saved? Why is my marriage getting worse? Why are my family members no longer inviting me over anymore? There's a reason because you're doing things the way the world wants to do it instead of what God says to do it. He says, and on the contrary, the weapons we fight with are not of this world. They have divine power to demolish strongholds. So I don't know what you're facing today, but if you'll start with the spiritual, look how the marriage gets healthier when it starts in the spiritual. The relationship gets healthier, the anxiety, goes the addiction is broken because the stronghold's not going to be broken by what you can do it's by winning the war in the spiritual come on give them better praise than that at every location so if the war is spiritual and the struggle is spiritual let me give you some keys to this number one write it down that spiritual attack must be expected it's got to be expected if you are doing anything great for god be prepared to have the enemy come in and try to take you out. How many remember that day? You came to Radiant, you got saved, you got baptized, you went through next steps, and all of a sudden, all hell broke loose in your life. You said, well, Pastor Aaron told me the best is yet to come. You didn't see the asterisk at the end of that thing. There was some, some attacks that happened after it. It was as it was soon as you started giving, you lose your job. As soon as you start honoring God, all of a sudden things broke out in your life. Why is that? Here's the reason. is because before you were expendable. You become a follower of Jesus. You become a person on the front lines. Guess what? You now become a target of the enemy. It is expected. And if you're in here today going, well, I don't believe that because the enemy doesn't attack my life. That's because you don't do anything. That's because you're sitting on the back lines of this thing. You barely show up. You barely serve. You barely give. And you go, well, I just don't know why. You know, all of y'all experience the attack, and I'm just in so much freedom here. That's because we're on the front lines of what God's doing. And when you're on the front lines, sometimes you get shot first. It's expected. And, And we need to know this. Second Corinthians says it this way. In order that Satan might not outwit us. 
We, we're not unaware of his schemes. We're not unaware that we have a target on our life, that there are issues that we are facing and struggles with our marriages and with our, with our kids and with our, our, our serving and with our giving. There's struggles that we face just because the enemy is behind the attack and it's expected. Jesus, before he went into the three greatest years of ministry ever known for mankind, he has a moment of prayer and fasting in the desert. Now, if anybody thinks that you go into prayer and fasting because you're all of a sudden just gonna walk out victorious, no, that's a time of, of battle. And at the end of that moment, the enemy shows up and tries to attack him. And I want you to understand this because the reason the enemy attacked him so great is because he knew what was about to happen the next three and a half years. Write it down your notes this way. The level of attack exposes the level of your ability. So if you feel like it's overwhelming the amount that the enemy has attacked your life, it's probably because the enemy knows something that you don't know. Can I say it this way? It's not because he is so upset about your past. It is because he's threatened about the potential of your future. And he knows that if he can take you out, he can take out the greatness of what's on the other side. This should be expected. And Jesus' level of attack was so great. Why? Because it was greatness on the other side. But I also want to warn you that as soon as Jesus overcame the attack, he was able to walk into the greatness that, that, that was destined for him. So write it down in your notes this way. The greatest spiritual attacks are right before your greatest spiritual breakthroughs. So if you feel like it's overwhelming right now, get ready, get ready, get ready. If you find freedom today, I want you to know God's got breakthrough on the other side for somebody at Radiant Church. Oh, come on, give them better praise than that today, church. You're a target for the enemy because there's destiny on your life. Number two, spiritual attack must be exposed. It must be exposed. Call it what it is. And Jesus did this in his ministry. Remember when he told his disciples, he said, listen, I'm going to go to the cross and I'm going to die for you. And Peter stood up and said, you will never go to the cross. You will never die for us. Not while I'm here. And Jesus looks at him and says, get behind me. Satan, now, now let me just say this. Only Jesus can use that tactic right there. <laughs> so please don't try that, especially with your spouse right now. It's not okay. But Jesus was teaching us a principle because Peter was not Satan, but Satan was using somebody in that moment that what, Peter was a good guy, a godly guy, but even good people can be used and influenced by the enemy to become somebody that the enemy uses to bring destruction into your life. And he had to call it out. No, 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 that's, that's demonic. Whoa, whoa, that's not okay. And we have to understand that there's a real spiritual war that's happening that sometimes you just expose it by saying what it is. And that's what Paul said. He said, your struggle, let me tell you, it's, it's spiritual. It's not against flesh and blood, but here's who it is. And Paul exposes it. He says it's against rulers 
and against the authorities and against the powers of this dark world, against spiritual forces of evil and heavenly realms. Those words of authorities and rulers, those are not like entry-level guys. No, 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 no. Those are like high-powered demons that are on attack against your life. And you've got to expose it, what it is. Man, there, there's a reason that this is happening to me. And there's a reason that this is going on because the devil is against my life. So how do we know? How do we know we're in the middle of spiritual attack? I wrote down some reasons that I found in my life and I want you to get them. The first one is when I just experienced some extreme confusion. Because our God is a God of order. He's not confused about your future. If God said it, that settles it and we should move on. But many times in our life, we have this extreme confusion come over us. I don't even know what I believe anymore. I don't even know if that church is, is, I don't know if I should even go. I don't know, I know I married them, I know I made a vow, but I don't know why I made that vow. Where's that confusion coming from? That's the tactic of the enemy. He is deceptive and he's come to confuse your life. When you feel like you're under that confusion, once you know it's demonic. Yeah. It's an attack of the enemy. Here's another one, she just experienced lack of peace. Yeah. Our God is a God of peace. By the way, one of his titles is that he is the prince of peace. He's a prince of peace. So when that peace leaves and anxiety and worry floods my life, I can realize, listen, this isn't from God. This is because the enemy is attacking my life. If you feel like that, I want you to know, you might be under attack right now. Here's another one, is that simply a desire to quit. It's I want to throw in the towel. I know I'm supposed to stick this out, but but it's just not worth the fight anymore. This is straight from the enemy himself. God is, is a God of consistency. He didn't start this thing in you to fail you. No, no, no. There's greatness on the other side. You will reap the reward. You will reap the harvest if you do not quit. So don't listen to that lie of the devil. That's a lie from him to quit this thing. I really feel led even right now. There's somebody, even in our St. Pete location, you're trying to quit on the marriage. Don't quit on it. Don't quit on that teenager who's walked away from God. Don't quit on that dream to start that business. Keep going. Keep doing it. The enemy is a liar and God is for you today. Here's another one. It's simply intense temptation. There's always going to be temptation. We understand that. Not every time you're tempted is the devil. But let me just tell you, there is intense temptation that comes. And by the way, the way the enemy tempts you and the way the enemy tempts me are all different. Why is that? Because the enemy knows your struggle. He knows what it is. It's interesting. Jesus is in the desert for 40 days fasting, no food and no water. And the enemy comes to him and what is the first thing he offers him? Hey, you follow me, I'll turn the stone into bread. He knew exactly what Jesus wanted at that moment. And by the way, he knows exactly what you want. He, isn't it interesting? Okay, you finally decide to do life God's way. You get this, you know, you get this guy, you get this girl, you meet him at Radiant Church and man, you're all, you're all excited. You're, you know, you're going to do, you're in a small group together. You're living life, you know, following God and you get married. You're, you're all of a sudden, man, not a single person of the opposite sex, um, you know, paid attention to you until this girl, praise God, or this guy. And then all of a sudden you're in this healthy, godly marriage and you went your whole life without any attention. And all of a sudden, as soon as you get married, you start getting those DMs. Why is that? All of a sudden, everybody starts thinking you're attractive now. Why is that? 
Because the enemy knows, man, if I can get tempted, if I can get them tempted, if I can take them out in this area, I can get them in every area of their life. It's intense temptation, and you got to call it what it is. It's demonic at times. No, the enemy is against this. And I want you to know, you've got to be able to know what it is. Here's the fifth one, is that you're drawn to old lifestyles. And some of you guys, you're drawn going, man, I'm going to go back into the world. I'm going to go back to that person. I'm going to go back to that addiction. And the enemy is always taking you backwards. Can I just remind you today, God is always moving you forward to your destiny. The enemy is always going to try to take you back. If you ever get this idea in your mind, well, I'm just going back to that. Understand, that's the enemy right there. He wants to take you back and get you to a place that you were before, which was defeated. God has greatness in store for your life. Come on, give them better praise than that. Amen? So I didn't bring you here today on Mother's Day 2021 to make you depressed about the attacks on your life. Because if I ended the message there, that would be very depressing. That you, uh, your attacks are expected, they should be exposed, but I have good news for you today. It's that there is a solution for it. Number three, write it down in your notes. Spiritual victory can be experienced. So if you feel under attack today, if you feel overwhelmed that the enemy is coming after your life today, then you're gonna get some encouragement over the next few minutes because we can have spiritual victory. Paul wrote it this way. For though we live in the world, we are not gonna wage war the way the world does. We already talked about that. He says, listen, the weapons we fight with are not of this world. So I'm gonna introduce you to some weapons today that are gonna help you walk in victory through times of spiritual attack. You can write it down in your notes this way because you can't fight a spiritual war with physical weapons. So let's learn some spiritual weapons that God has given us and I'm gonna give you four today that I think should be in your arsenal ready to go as a believer whenever the enemy is attacking your life. The first one is this. Your first spiritual weapon is called the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. There's not a name on the planet today that creates more controversy, more anger, more frustration, stirs up people more than the name of Jesus. Why? Because the name of Jesus is packed full of power. Things happen when the name of Jesus is spoken. I was given an opportunity right when I moved here to open up in prayer for the annual uh, mayor's breakfast in Tampa. And so there's hundreds of business leaders in this room. And so you're supposed to do this like invocation. You know, when you do these things for like political events, they, most of the time they give you a script and it's all generic and all weird. And I'm like, that's not me. So I'm, I'm gonna write a radiant church style, biblical prayer. So I wrote it out, didn't run it by anybody, got up to that stage and, and I'm like, this is my first shot, like the mayor's sitting right there. It's my first shot right after the church launched and so I get up there and there's always this tendency. It's funny because you can pray for all these random things but when you close out a prayer, there's always this tension point of how do you close it? And let me tell you the easy way out. The easy way out is we pray this in your name. Amen. We pray this in agreement. Amen. You know, we have this moment. So I kept rewriting and rewriting and rewriting. I'm like, what am I ashamed of? What am I ashamed of? So I was like, no, 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 no. I'm going to go the other extreme. We pray this in a strong, powerful life-changing, the name that is above every single name, the name of Jesus Christ, amen. So I pray this prayer. And it ends, and then the mayor comes up to speak. 
you would have thought all hell broke loose in, the, in that place. And afterwards, it was person after person that pulled me aside. Hey, I don't, just want you to understand. Hey, there's people in this room that are not Christians. There's people, that, that offended me. I said, well, I'm sorry, none of the other part of the prayer offended you? Why did that one name offend you? If the name is not important and not powerful, it should bring no offense. But because it is important and because it is powerful and because it is something that can break chains and bring salvation, that's why demons flee when the name of Jesus is presented to people. We have to bring it back to the name of Jesus. It's not your name, it's not my name that'll change things. You pray over your kids, you speak the name of Jesus over your children. You speak God's word over your business. You pray and you, you celebrate Jesus because it's at his name things change. It's at his name that stuff happens. I love Matt Mark 16. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. This is what they will do. They'll drive out demons. John 16, 22, very truly I tell you, my father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name, but if you ask, you will receive and your joy will be complete. Let me remind somebody in here today, salvation is found in no other name. Healing is in no other name. Hope is in no other name. Deliverance is in no other name. Demons don't flee in anybody else's name, but at the name of Jesus, things happen. Lives are changed. The Bible says his name is a strong tower that the righteous run in to and they are saved. Can we give God some praise for the name of Jesus today? It's got power in your life. Number two, the word of God. The word of God is a weapon that is given to us to attack the enemy. Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. Now, I have zero experience with single-edged or double-edged swords. But I'll just say this. If I had to choose between the two, I'd choose a double-edged sword right there. <laughs> you know what? That, it just shows me that it can change things. Look at that. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit. You know what that shows? It shows us that it can do things to your soul, to your spirit that nothing else can do. It can go into the spiritual realm and change stuff. You will see in Ephesians 6, and you can write it down this way, that God's word is the only offensive piece of weapon that's given in all of this. So if you want something that'll go on the offense against the enemy, that's the sword of the spirit. That is the word of God. And when Jesus was in the desert, he did not respond to the enemy with, let me tell you this cool quote that I want you to have. I want you to show, I want to show you guys, you know, some, so I want, I want, let me take out my banner and wave it at you, devil. Like, no, no, that's not going to flee and get the devil out of your life. What's going to get the devil out of your life is that you know God's word. And that's why the scripture said when Jesus was attacked, he responded with, it is written. It's written. You have to know what God says. And here's why. Because the enemy is a master deceiver. So what he's going to do is he's going to try to deceive you in thinking that God didn't really say what he said. He did it to Eve in the garden. She's sitting there and she's, you know, I want to eat this food. Well, I'm not supposed to. Did God really say you weren't supposed to? Did God really say you were supposed to do relationships that way? 
Did God really say you should honor him with this, your tithe? Did God really say that you should not forsake the gathering of believers? Did God really say that? I don't know if that's what really God said. That's what the enemy's tactic is on yeah. your life. That is why whatever voice is most consistent in your life is the voice you'll live by. That's why we have to live in such a way that the word of God is consistently in our heart, in our life. We read it every day. We memorize it. We quote it. We share it. It's God's word that brings a change, not our word. Come on, give them better praise in that today, church. 2 Corinthians 10.5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God. How? By taking captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Well, how do we know what thoughts are from God and what thoughts are not? We look at his word. We quote his word. We speak his word. We are a church that does not bend the word to fit culture. We are a church that stands on his word even if culture forsakes it. We are a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, Bible-founded church, and that is how we will stay. Can we give God a little bit more praise in that today, church? I know it's not popular, but it's effective. Number three, our spiritual weapon is the agreement in prayer. By the way, I would say, and I understand there's a lot of real reasons that people have stayed home during this season, but one of the most important reasons not to stay home during this time right here, if you've gotten vaccinated, you're ready to go. I mean, we have multiple services that are like, there's space, not in this service right now, but at other services, at this location is like, what are you talking about here? <laughs> Don't come to this one, but all the, you know, there's other ones. You need to be in the house of God. You got to get around some people that'll agree with you for breakthrough in your life. Yes. You know, when we're alone, we are already half beat. Yeah. And the enemy is easily can take us out when we're alone. He messes with our mind. He messes with our emotions. Yeah. But there's something that happens when you take the hand of another believer and you say, let's agree in faith for this. Let's trust God for this. I'm, I'm not seeing breakthrough, but I'm gonna trust God for breakthrough. Matthew 6, says, 18 says it this way. Again, I tell you, if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done by them, by my Father who's in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there's that phrase again, guess what? I'm going to be with them. You want to know why you're not seeing victory in a lot of areas of your life? It's because you're too isolated. Get around some brothers and sisters in the faith that can hold your hand, that can agree with you, that can speak God's word over you, that can agree to say, you know what? That kid will come back to the Lord. That breakthrough will happen. You will not go back into that addiction. We're gonna do this thing together. Let me remind you, because it's a phrase we live by in our church, that we is always better than me. And the body of Christ is strong when we are united, when we are together. Doesn't matter your political background, we are united and we are not fighting some enemy that is human. We are fighting an enemy that is demonic and by ourselves we lose, together we win. We'll win this thing together. And you've gotta understand how important it is. By the way, let me just give this plug. This is why the gray tent on the way out of every one of our locations is so crucial. We put together this tent a few months ago with one vision of how do we provide an opportunity to every one of our locations for people to get prayer every single week. And there's people every week and they're prayed up 
and they're ready to go to agree with you for a miracle. People think the, the gray tent on the way out is just for people that get saved for the first time. And that, that is, if that's you, by the way, you should go there on your way out and they'll give you a Bible and they'll help you on some next steps. But the most important thing that we do at that gray tent, if you're a member of Radiant Church, you should never struggle alone. You go to that gray tent, you pray with that person, you agree in faith together and watch how miracles happen together. We can be victorious together. Don't be isolated. It's bigger than this. It's bigger than you. The struggle is spiritual. It's spiritual, spiritual. Last one is simply this. Our spiritual weapon is praise and worship. And I love this one because there's something that happens when you start worshiping God. I actually wrote it down this morning. I was like 5 a.m. I was playing around with this idea. And I just wrote down this question. Why does the devil hate praise and worship so much? Because let me tell you, I've been doing this thing a long time. I'm the pastor of the church. You would think praise and worship is even easy for me. But even while I'm sitting on the front row, I'm thinking all the time the same things you're thinking. Oh, I wonder what people think about me. If I raise my hands, oh man, do they, are, they making, are they making fun of me? Are people thinking about me? Like, I, I have those same things. Why is the enemy so adamant on keeping us from worship? Think about that. Some of you guys, you sit there. I mean, it's exciting and passionate in the room. You're just like, why? And here's why. I thought about it. I go, He's angry because we're taking his previous job. Do you remember before he fell from heaven? What was his job? His job was the chief worship leader. And he knew the importance of giving glory to God. And when he fell from heaven, God said, okay, I'm going to create a people who will give me that glory, who will give me that praise. And I'll tell you, the enemy is working overtime. And not just taking you down to hell with him, but also keeping his job from being done right now. So when you worship, the other side of it, breakthrough, victory. God is glorified and the enemy scatters because he's so mad that you are taking his job. That's why when we come together, we submit ourselves as James 4 says to God. We resist the devil. We're not going to do it God's way. That's why worship should be extravagant. It should be overflowing in our life. Why? Because we've submitted to our God. We resist the devil, and here's the result of it. Ready? He will flee from you. If you feel like you're under attack, that enemy is about to flee from your life today because we're about to worship our God. So here's what you can do. I love this because a couple weeks ago, I was walking through the lobby one of our locations and a lady who I just know she's been going through some stuff. She's been beat up by the enemy, beat up by what's going on in the world today. And as I walked by her, I said, how are you doing? She's like, man, I just, pastor, I just need to get my worship on. I said, get my worship on. I hadn't heard that phrase in a while. She said, I just got to get my worship on. And I love that because she could have taken a moment to complain, to get frustrated, but she knew the power of going, you know what, when anxiety's high, when worry's high, I I can be frustrated about it or I can worship. And as soon as I worship, the enemy flees and victory comes in my life. So you can write it down your notes this way. Because when you're under attack, here's what you can do. You can whine or you can worship. And some of you guys, You're writing that first word and you can just scratch out the H there and you can just. (laughs) That's funny right there. Because some of you guys, honestly, that's what we do. 
we just get frustrated. We run to all these other things, but we're created to worship. And I'm telling you today, I felt it burn in my heart all week long. I've been ready to preach this message since Monday. Because I've been ready, because I'm ready to see you walk in freedom today, victory today. I don't know what you're going through today, but I do understand that there's a lot of people that are going through spiritual attack right now. It's expected, but we're going to expose it right now. I did this in the first service earlier today, and I asked, and probably 95% of the room responded, so I'm going to ask it again. At every location, if you feel like you're under spiritual attack right now, there's, there's victory you need in your life right now. If that's you, stand to your feet at every location. Come on, right now, if that's you. We're going we're to believe God. We're going to put these four things into practice right now. We're not just hearers of God's word. We're doers of God's word. So we're going to put these four things into practice right now. Come on, there's more people. You're under attack right now. You feel it in your mind. You feel it in your emotions. You feel it in your relationships. We're going to experience victory together. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to hold your hands like this just to receive from God. You're going to release what's in your hands, and you're going to receive breakthrough. And I'm going to pray right now for you as your pastor. In the name of Jesus, I take authority over everything that's attacking your life, your family, your business, your health, And I declare over Radiant Church today that he whom the sun sets free is free indeed. We cast down every vain imagination. Anything that sets itself against the knowledge of God. If it's not in God's thoughts, it will not be in our thoughts. And we will receive victory and breakthrough and we will celebrate our God. And while we wait, we will worship knowing that as we worship, Our God is glorified and our enemy scatters in Jesus' name. We pray. Come on, everybody, stand your feet. Let's worship Him today. scatters out of your life. I'm gonna just say this, Listen, I'm gonna tell you. My home, I have five kids that are eight and under. And my wife can testify to this. It's chaos. Our, wor- our world is crazy. And so let me tell you, when we turn on Disney, we turn on, you know, whatever cartoons are on these days, our kids are everywhere, they're crazy. One of the first things I've started to do every single morning, I try to do it every day. And my kids know it's the re- repetition of our life is that I go in that room before any of them get up and I get to that TV and I go on YouTube and I have YouTube premium, which means I pay the $11 a month simply because I don't want a single advertisement. 
And all I do is put it on worship. And it plays all the time in our house. And our kids get so bored. They're like, why another worship song? And every time they see these like churches, they're like, is that radiant? I'm like, no, that's not radiant. But I'll tell you, it brings peace in our home. Something that happens when we make our life about worship, you'll see victory in your life. Jesus, I thank you for this church. I thank you for the tools that you've given us. The name of Jesus, agreement in prayer, the word of God and praise and worship. As we apply these this week, let us walk in victory over the spiritual attack of the enemy. With every eye closed and every head bowed, if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with God, I want you to know you can. This is your moment at every one of our locations to give your life to Christ. I want you to know God has not brought you this far to fail you. He has a plan for you as purpose, but it starts with this moment of surrender. That's you on the count of three. I want you to throw that hand up and say, today's my day of salvation. Today's my day. I'm giving my life to Christ. I'm going in as a Jesus follower today. Ready? One, two, three. Throw that hand up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you in the back. Thank you at all of our locations. Thank you online. Thank you for making that decision. Why don't we all pray this prayer out loud together. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Today, I make a decision to live for you. Forgive my sin, my past, my present, and my future. And for the rest of my life, you're going to be my Lord and you're going to be my Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that agrees says, come on, can we celebrate those that just made the best decision ever? Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com. 